Welcome to the Hackberry House of Chosun. My name is Bob, and I'm reading first today from the December 2022 issue of the Voice of the Martyrs newsletter or magazine. Our story today is entitled Moving Ahead in the Shadow of Death, takes us to an Islamic country in Burkina Faso. The day Mariam's husband, Emmanuel, was killed will be seared into her memory forever. Emmanuel lived and served as a church elder in the village of Seba, Burkina Faso. For years, he had actively proclaimed the gospel in the region surrounding his village and along the country's borders with Niger and, and Mali. Islamic militants from the self-proclaimed Islamic State, ISIS, and Al-Qaeda regularly launch attacks from those two nations in West Africa's Sahara Desert. And Christians in Burkina Faso have been a primary target of their attacks since April 2019, when Islamists attacked five churches and killed about 70 Christians. Since then, more than 200 churches have reportedly closed in northern and eastern Burkina Faso because of security issues and the threat of further attacks, and as many as 10,000 Christians have fled their homes. While just over half of Burkina Faso's population is Muslim, the militants seek to force everyone to convert to Islam, and those who refuse face brutal consequences. Everywhere... You could see blood, Mariam said, of the site where militants killed her husband in front of her on a February day in 2020. My oldest son kept wanting to come in to see his father, she said, to look at his face. Friends tried desperately to prevent him from entering the house, but he eventually forced his way inside. When the clothing covering Emmanuel's head was removed, Mariam's son saw that his father's skull had been split open. In addition to killing Emmanuel, the militants stole everything of value, including the family's car. Mariam and her children were left with nothing but deep grief and trauma. I have photos of the crime, Mariam's son said, but they are so horrible I can't show the other children. While Mariam's home was under attack, another group of Islamists attacked her pastor's home not far away. Pastor Armel had celebrated his 20th anniversary as leader of a local church just a day earlier. According to the pastor's son, Saidu, Pastor Armel had told his congregation during the anniversary celebration that he wanted them to fight the good fight of faith, as he had been trying to do for two decades. He also acknowledged the growing pressure that he and all Christians faced from Islamic militants in the area. I don't know if you will find me standing here next Sunday, he told them. During a visit with friends on Monday, his day off, someone asked the pastor if he was well. For the time being, I am, he said. His uncertain reply startled one of his daughters, who asked, Why are you responding this way? In life, everything can change in a minute, Pastor Armel said. And minutes later, it did. A gang of Islamic militants suddenly entered Pastor Armel's home, threatening and robbing everyone present before forcing them out of the house. Then the Islamists, who had just killed Elder Emmanuel, drove up in his vehicle. At gunpoint, the Islamists 
abducted Pastor Armel, several of his daughters, his brother, and some other Christians, loading them in vehicles and driving them into the bush. For three days, the militants tried to persuade the Christians to convert to Islam. At first, they provided food for the Christians and treated them with relative kindness, urging the young men to take up arms and join their Islamist insurgency. And they promised Pastor Armel that if he converted to Islam, they would reward him with a trip to Mali, where he could receive training to become one of their leaders. The Christians were forced to recite verses from the Quran, but they refused to give in to their captors' demands to convert. To convert. Not one of us here is going to become a Muslim, they said. Though they remained firm in their faith, the Christians at times feared for their lives. In those moments, Pastor Armel reminded them of Psalm 23, saying, Even when I walk in the shadow of death, I shall fear nothing. Eventually, the militants released the girls and some younger boys. After driving them a short distance away, they told them to start walking and not look back. As the group walked away, they heard six gunshots, equaling the number of remaining captives, including Pastor Armel. News of the murders devastated the Christian community of Seba. One of Pastor Armel's sisters collapsed after learning that her brother had been killed, and she has struggled with grief ever since. At the urging of friends, Elder Emmanuel's widow, Mariam, decided to leave Seba with her nine children after hearing that the terrorists were planning to return. They said they are coming back, she recalled, that they weren't finished yet. Mariam's friends comforted her with the reminder that when Jesus was a baby, he also had to flee because the ruler of the land wanted to kill him. When frontline workers learned of Mariam's situation, they provided her and her children with basic necessities and housing in a safer location. Mariam and her family expressed gratitude for the help they received from the global body of Christ, and she said they are attending church every Sunday as they move forward with their lives. Give our blessing to all that contributed to support us, Mariam said. We didn't know that there were persons very far, far from us who were praying for us. So when we knew that this, this encouraged us. This reinforces our faith in God. We will keep moving ahead, even though Emmanuel is no longer with us. Well, next I'm reading from a devotional book also put out by Voice of the Martyrs. It's called Extreme Devotion. This book catalogs the struggles of God's people over past years. And today we're going to Eastern Europe to a man named John Lugazanu, a young Christian man in Eastern Europe. He returned to the prison after his court hearing. His cellmates anxiously asked him, What happened? He answered, It was just like the day the angel visited Mary, the mother of Jesus. Here she was, a godly young woman, sitting alone in meditation when a radiant angel of God told her the incredible news. She would carry the Son of God in her womb. No, they were curious about how this story tied into John's courtroom experience. The other prisoners kept listening. John went on to share the gospel of peace through the story of Mary. For all the joy that Jesus brought her, Mary would have to one day stand at the foot of a cross and watch him suffer and die for the sins of the world. God resurrected Jesus where he now reigns in heaven. 
Mary knew once she was in heaven, she would be with Jesus again and experience eternal joy. Well, the other prisoners were still puzzled. We asked you what happened in court, they reminded John. John looked at them, his face shining with peace, and he said, I was given the death penalty. Isn't that beautiful news? John realized the news the angel delivered to Mary was just as bittersweet. After Jesus had suffered, there would be rejoicing in heaven. He anxiously anticipated his eternal joy in Jesus' presence. Hebrews 2, 9 says, Because he suffered death, so that by the grace of God he might taste death for everyone. In many cultures, death is a taboo subject. People often go to great lengths to insulate themselves from the inevitability of their own death. They like to use phrases like passed away instead of died. We resist making a will or, or buying life insurance, thinking that will never happen to me. Corporations make huge profits selling us products that promise eternal youth. God does not give us the option of ignoring death, but he gives us the key to facing it. Mary's angelic visitor did not shirk from telling her she would suffer great grief at the cross. However, she was also given the hope of resurrection to make her grief bearable. As Christians, God's promise of eternal life helps us accept our own death, both realistically and courageously. If you'd like to be put on the mailing list of Voice of the Martyrs and receive free your own copy of that newsletter I quoted from or that extreme devotion book that you would have to pay for, just contact them at vom.org, vom.org, or go to the Voice at vom.org. Send them an email. This is the Hackberry House of Chosun. This audio is being released on the 22nd of January, 2023. Lord willing, we'll talk again real soon. Bye-bye.